0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. As great crowds surrounded Jesus, he got into a boat, and there he preached to them. Of course, the text notes that he also sat down. You see, in the good old days, the preacher sat while the people stood. That Jesus preaches from a boat has a rather profound impact on church architecture over the centuries. For example, many pulpits look and resemble like the prow of a boat, and that intentionally to remind us that you're not merely hearing a human preacher's voice, but as Jesus says to his preachers, the ones who hear you hear me. And so each Sunday is a living preaching of our living Lord. Now today... We hear the well-known Sermon of the Sower, the parable of the sower, and therein, the first thing we notice is this strange sower. We just sang of his reckless love, how he scatters seed this way and that. Imagine if you went to Home Depot, found those little packs of seeds that somehow cost astronomically like three dollars for what you get. Imagine if you got a bunch of those, put them all together in a bag, went outside, sprinkled a bunch of them on your driveway, a bunch of them on your rocks, a bunch of them on the weed patch, and then only some of them in good soil. What sense would that make? Your wife would probably have you locked up. But here this sower takes his seed and does this very thing. Now as we heard our Lord Jesus say, This seed is his word. And so we see the reckless love, the reckless graciousness of our Lord Jesus Christ, who sows to all men in all states of being, who desires that all would have his grace, and that precious seed, that precious word of his gospel. Now that draws our attention from the sower to the seed. That seed, as we've just said, is the precious word of God. If you had to to take that seed and say, well, what is it at its essence? It's these words For the sake of Christ, you are forgiven. And those words, that seed, what does it cost? What does it cost for a preacher to be able to say to you, Your sins are forgiven? That cost is nothing less than the cross of Jesus, than the death of God's Son, than the blood of God. That is seed of astronomical worth. And the Lord scatters it abroad. The sower scatters it abroad, not just once, not just in his so-called earthly ministry, but even this very day, in countless pulpits around the globe, he is casting his seed, on the Internet broadcast, casting his seed into living rooms and kitchens and who knows where else. As we meditate on the sower and then on the seed, It is interesting to note that when our Lord himself later describes and explains this parable to his disciples, the Lord has us focus not so much on the sower, not so much on the seed, but on the soil. On the soil. And if our Lord has us focus on the soil, then we can know that there's nothing wrong with this meditation. There's nothing wrong with asking ourselves what kind of soil we are. What kind of composite of soils lies within us? In his description, he lists out four kinds of soils. One is the trodden down soil of the path. Another is the rocky soil, shallow. The third? is the soil infested with thorns? And the fourth is the good soil. Let's hear what our Lord says about that seed which is sown along the path. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, Jesus says, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. The man who does not understand the word is a hardened man, like soil compacted down by feet or wheels or who knows whatever else. His heart is hard. Now, you'll notice that our Lord Jesus says he doesn't understand it. That's not so much an understanding with the mind even Jesus' enemies, even the most hardened hearts that he preached to understood what he was saying. It's a hardness of the heart. It's an unwillingness of the heart to comprehend what this means. So viewed from the vantage point of the sower who casts this seed, the preacher who preaches this word of God's grace and mercy, whose fault is it that this soil doesn't receive that seed, that it doesn't grow up to fruitfulness, there's no one to blame but the soil itself. After all, as Jesus says, the sower sows this seed into that man's heart, puts it right where it needs to go, and that man rejects it, and so it bounces off. Now, if we see that tendency even within ourselves as Christians, that part of us that doesn't understand and doesn't care and doesn't want to invest emotionally or spiritually in the Word of God, then we are called here by the great sower to repent, to confess this to Jesus, and to pray that he would replace that hardened path in us with good soil that will bear much fruit. Now, the second kind of soil that he brings up is the rocky soil. And the rocky soil, he says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. He has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulations and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So this is the man who receives the word of God with great joy. And indeed, because the the soil is shallow, it springs up very quick. We've all witnessed people like this where they're suddenly on fire for the Lord. Sometimes they even use that language. And then a week passes and they're not. This is the man with shallow soil who receives it with great joy, but who endures only for a little bit of time. And in fact, when tribulation or persecution on account of the word come, he simply withers away. Trouble on account of the word. We've all seen this, and maybe we've even experienced it. After all, it's the word that sends you to church every Sunday, and there at Sunday, who do you encounter? Sinners. And sinners who are rude. Rude who say obnoxious things, who do hurtful things, who neglect you, who don't pay attention to you. Now, a man with shallow soil, the word has taken him to church, and he's there, and he gets easily offended, and that's it. No more church. As a pastor, I can tell you with sadness, I have seen this over and over again. And whereas frequently uh, people claim, well, I'm going to get up and leave and go to another church, they don't. That's it. So it's not in vain that our Lord warns us of this kind of soil, that if we see this kind of soil within us, we repent and ask him to give us good soil. Now, the second is persecution on account of the word. And that, of course, is where there's cost involved with being a Christian. Maybe that cost is in your family, family relationships. Maybe that cost has cost you friendships. It has cost you social opportunities, what you previously did but can no longer do. Maybe there's been a cost for you already at work or with your co-workers. Maybe there's a cost financially for you to do the right thing and do the Lord's will rather than what's quote-unquote legal and quote-unquote profitable. This is the great cost, and under this pressure, some fold. Some would rather give up the faith. So our Lord, because he cares so deeply about us, warns us of this kind of soil, that if we detect it within ourselves, we repent, confess it, and ask for him to grant us good soil within. Now, the third kind of soil that's not good is the soil that's infested with thorns. Of this soil, our Lord says, as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Seed sown among thorns. Word preached to this kind of person is, in fact, received. But the thorns... The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke it out. The cares of this world. What takes you away on Sunday mornings? That's the cares of this world. What keeps you from receiving the seed? That's the cares of this world. What keeps that seed from growing up in you and growing all the more? That's that's the cares of this world. And I didn't mean to single no one out, but you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't even believe the excuses I've heard over the years. Yard work, I kid you not. Laundry, golf. For the cares of the world, the seed is choked out. And what about the deceitfulness of riches? Isn't that a delightful and accurate phrase that our Lord uses? Aren't riches precisely deceitful? How is it that they choke out the word? Well, they deceive us in just this way. And maybe it's not even monetary riches, though that's primary. I have everything I need. I'm full. I'm good. I don't need anything that the Lord has to give me. I don't need anything at all. He obviously loves me. He obviously prospers me. I have everything I need physically, and I'm pretty sure I have everything I need spiritually too. Thank you very much. The deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches. So when we see these things threatening and jeopardizing us, when we see these thorns within the soil of our own souls, what do we do? We repent and we confess. We pray that the Lord Jesus would grant us Good soil to receive his seed, his word. Now, the fourth kind of soil is that which the Lord desires. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, oh, excuse me, I got my pages messed up. I almost started the whole thing over again for you. (laughs) Our Lord says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Seed sown on good soil. Now, let me put it as simply as I possibly can. What is good soil? Good soil is repentant soil. Good soil is repentant soil. It's not a kind of self-righteous soil that says, look, I'm better than all the other kinds of soil. Good soil, that would be bad soil, frankly. Good soil repents. Good soil hungers and thirsts for the seed. Good soil desires to have God bring forth life in in the middle of it, bring forth fruitfulness in the middle of it. Good soil recognizes it can't do these things on its own. It must receive that precious seed and word of God. And God must nurture it and water it and grow it. When Jesus says, take care how you hear, he means listen in humility. Listen in repentance. Do you remember as we prayed in our collect, we prayed that we would hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest his holy word that we might treasure his word that we might receive his word as if our eternal lives depended upon it because they do that we might be supernaturally fruitful and blessed by God Some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Good soil is repentant soil. So as we consider the soil, there's nothing wrong at all. In fact, our Lord directs our attention to this very thing, to the soil. And so we must consider, what kind of soil are we? What kind of soil would we like to be? How is it that we are heeding our Lord's words to take care how we hear? And as we move then from ourselves and from the soil to the seed and word of God, we remember that it is lavishly thrown. It is not the word of men that is proclaimed. It is the word of God through the lips of men. Receive it as such. And it is word of God, gospel of God, forgiveness of your sins, bought and purchased by nothing less than the blood of God himself. And as we move from the seed back then to the sower, We see that this sower is indeed the Crucified One, who so loves the world that He casts His seed over and over again. Who so loves the world that He opens His heart to us on the cross and shows it once and for all. Who so loves the world that the very content of our forgiveness is His cross for us. And we see that this great sower is not only the Crucified One, but also the risen one. And we see that he is sowing, present tense, at minimum every single Sunday. But the word of God is near to you and nearer than ever before. All it takes is to open your Bible in the morning or turn on your Bible app or punch in Bible verse in Google and look, the sower is sowing his seed. May our hearts receive his word. And may he grant us great fruitfulness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.